as we celebrate this, this season, this holiday season, you know, we always talk about gratefulness during the Thanksgiving season. But I believe more than ever before, it should be something that should live inside of us all the time. Being grateful. I think gratefulness is a powerful commodity that lives inside of every person that has, that has God inside of them. One of the things I, I think is incredible for us to understand is I think being grateful as people allows you to understand the perspective of how things come to your life, of how things come to your life. I don't know about you, but you ever given something to, something to somebody and you gave it to them, you're just waiting for them to say thank you and they didn't say anything to you and you're like, that's the last time I'm doing that. Am I the only person that's ever done that before? You're like, at least you can say is like, thank you, or like, you know, say, I appreciate it, or something, right? So one of the things I want you to know is that being grateful, listen, being grateful is a force that lives inside of your heart. It's a force that lives inside of your heart. And can I be honest with you? If you really want to make your life dangerous, have the spirit of gratitude living and thriving inside of you every single day of your life. Have it working inside of you. And one of the things I'm going to teach on, I think, in this next, this next year, is let me just kind of like, let me give you kind of a precursor of it, because I think it coincides with being grateful. One of the things I want to challenge you to do in the, in the mindset of having gratefulness in your heart is every morning before you get out of bed, I want to challenge you not to pick up this device. Right? Not to pick it up. And one of the ways you can get away from that is putting it in another room. See, some of you about had a heart attack right there. Some of you are like, some of you are like, raise me from the dead. I, I don't think I can do that, right? So put it up, do something, right? Because watch, I want you to get in the habit of setting your day in an attitude of being able to check in with where you are as a person. Because how many know when you get up on Monday morning, you got to be to work by six? That's not always happy Christianity, right? How many know if you know it's going to be a long day, that's not always fun? But I want to encourage you to do this, and I want to preach about this this next year. I want you to do this. I want you to check in with yourself before you get out of bed. Thank God for the day. Before you do your devotion, before you pray, check in with yourself mentally and emotionally and find out where you are and ask yourself, what am I feeling today? You could be feeling anxious because you know you've been thinking about Monday on Sunday. You can feel overwhelmed because you may have more to do than you have time to do. You might be feeling under because you don't have enough money to pay the bills that God has given you or that, that you have, right? So here's, here's what I'm calling it. Name it and tame it. Come on, everybody say name it and tame it. Come on, say it again. Name it and tame it. So what does that mean? Name what you're feeling and then tame what you're feeling. Name what you're feeling and tame what you're feeling. If you're feeling anxious, you need to get, and that's the emotion, you need to identify what you're feeling and you need to get something to tame that. And that being primarily a scripture, a thought, a confession. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, give praise. Tame that thing so that energy of anxiousness does not translate into your whole day. Right? If you're feeling like you don't have enough, name it frustration, fear. Name it and then tame it. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Neither have I seen them begging for bread. Because if you don't learn how to tame what's, what's 
in your mind and in your heart and in your soul, it will drive you the whole day. And pretty soon, you'll find yourself living under things instead of being above things. Come on, everybody say, name it and tame it. Name what you're feeling. And if you feel, right, like you don't have enough this season, if you feel like you're struggling, then this is what I want you to do. I want you to name it. I feel like I don't have enough. I feel like I'm struggling. But then what I want you to do is I want you to break out into a heart of gratefulness. God, I thank you for what I do have. And I thank you for what you've done for me. And I thank you for where I'm going. Name it and then tame it. Why? Because here's what gratefulness means. Gratefulness means to be able to be a person that has a capacity to show appreciation for what they have. To show appreciation for what they have right now in their life. I think that is so critical because especially in the American culture, the American culture gets one thing, but before they're able to celebrate it, they're ready to move on to the next thing. I think we need to be able to stop and celebrate and thank God for what we have right now before we look for something else. Remind me, reminds me of the story of the, person, of, the, of the lady who was looking at a brand new home that she had just bought. And she was walking in there, she's looking at the home, and, what, and you know, was just like, just checking the home out. Didn't even say, I'm so thankful for what I have. You know what her response was? You wait, this is what she said, you wait for the next one I'm going to buy. I'm like this. You need to get your rusty old knees and thank God for the one you're standing in right now before you think about what you're getting next. Thank God for what you have right now. Right now, show, watch, show appreciation for what is in your hand and in your heart right now. Let me read just a couple scriptures to you, ready? Look at this scripture in Psalm 69. And this is talking about just putting a premium on Thanksgiving. I will praise the name of God with song and will magnify him with what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Watch. I will do what? Magnify. Everybody say magnify. Come on online, magnify, 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 watch. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Magnify, watch, magnify means to make something bigger in your eyes. Come on, remember when we were kids and we used to have the magnifying glass, right? Okay, and you had to look at the magnifying glass to see something or to, to look at something, right? Magnify means to make larger. So what he is saying, he is saying to you and I, I want you to make God bigger, and by you making him bigger than what you're facing, you will automatically have thanksgiving. Make God bigger. What are you facing today that seems to be bigger than you in your life? What he is saying is take a moment and magnify God and make him bigger than anything that is in your life. Because if you make him bigger, then everything else fails in comparison. Is that true? This also shall please the Lord better, watch, I'm going to just make it a little bit more modern for you, better than sacrifices of the, that they used to do in the Old Testament. In other words, God wants your, wants your thanksgiving. God wants your gratitude. God wants your appreciation for, watch, not what he gives you only, but primarily for who he is. Can we peel back a little bit the consumerism in our culture? Can we pull back the, the, the mindset of being self-centered? How many know we thank God for what he gives us? But can I be honest with you? I love it when God was interacting with Abram in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. And Abraham, this is what God said to Abraham. He said, listen, I am your exceedingly and great reward. 
Let me tell you what that means. And that might be a lot of Bible language for some of you, but let me tell you what that means. God is saying to Abraham, you have a lot of stuff in your life. I bless you on this side. I bless you on that side. But let me tell you the best thing you have is me in your life. And I can't give you anything greater than me. So don't thank God just for what you have. Thank God for who he is. Really, thank God for who he is. Like for real. You may not even know exactly who he is, but let me tell you something. He is your protector. Well, how do you know? Because some of you shouldn't be in this building right now. Some of you should be half crazy sleeping under a bridge right now. Thank God that you're healed and in your right mind sitting in this building today. Why? Why should you be thankful? Why? Because there's a lot of people in the hospital room right up the road that would give a million dollars to change places with you being able to be in this building right now, but they're hemmed up in a hospital, not, not sure what their future is going to be. Thank God that he has brought you to this place in your life. Thank God. I love it. And why is that important? Why is that important? Watch, watch, watch. Why is this important? Because let me tell you what Psalms 22 says. Psalms 22 says God inhabits the praises of his people. Let me explain to you what that means. That means wherever God senses gratitude or hears gratitude, he shows up on behalf of those people. He shows up. Listen to me. Listen. God chooses the atmosphere that he dwells in. He chooses it. And how many know God does not dwell in the atmosphere of complaining? Especially about your spouse. What? God does not dwell in the atmosphere of grumpiness, crunchiness. Right? Doubt, fear. But he does dwell in the atmosphere of thanksgiving. He dwells in, because he chooses where he dwells. He chooses. So have a mindset that, God, I need you in my life. I need your presence in my life right now. I'm going to thank you even though I don't understand it. I'm going to thank you even though it doesn't add up. I'm going to thank you even though I'm in a hard place. I'm, and guess what he does? That Thanksgiving gets God to show up on your behalf. Look what Psalm says a little bit further. Enter into his gates with complaining and grumpiness. Come on. Enter to his gates with, with what? Enter his, it, right? He says, right. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with faith. He says, I will praise the name of God with song and I will magnify him and with thanksgiving, this also shall please the Lord even better. Go to the next one, you guys. Okay, the next one. Psalms 100, verse 4. Okay, is it up there? Okay, there it is. Okay, all right. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with what? With praise. Enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise, right? Be thankful to him. Watch. And do what? If you're a note taker, come on, take some notes. Be thankful to him and do what? Bless his name. You know what bless means? You know what bless means? It means to speak well of at any time. It means to speak well of. So what is he saying? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful to God and speak well of him no matter what is happening in your life. Speak well of him. Because how many know sometimes we get in a tough situation and we're not speaking well of God? No, we trust him. We love him. We believe in him. But how many know sometimes it's like, God, where are you? Come on, how many have been mad at God? 
Rachel, have you ever been mad at God in this building? I bet everybody's hand in this room should be up. If not, come and we'll pray for you after church, okay? Listen, I've been, listen, I'm a pastor. I've been doing this for 30 years, and I've been mad at God. Some of my questions, watch, or some of your questions. God, why? God, how come? I thought differently. How come I believed this and it happened that way? Right? How did that, why, why did that happen? How did that happen? Where did that happen? Come on, are you with me? So you begin, so you begin to what? You begin that begin to try to penetrate your soul. But what you have to do, but what you have to do is you have to have the ability to speak well of God at any season of your life. And that shows a pure heart of gratitude. A pure heart of gratitude. God, I'm gonna speak well of you in any season. All of us in this room know somebody that has been disappointed by God and has stepped away from their faith. Right? All of us have been disappointed with God with what they thought God should do, but he didn't do when they thought he should do it. The question is, what do you do in your life when God doesn't do what you think he should do the moment he should do it? What do you do in your life? What do you do in your life when you have to go through a season of suffering? Because we don't like that. Because we're used to getting what we want. We feel suffering is when they're out of your favorite milk at the grocery store and you can't get it for a day or two. What is it like when you really have to dig in with your faith and all that is in your heart and you say to yourself, I am going to speak well of you, God, and I am going to praise you and I'm going to thank you. What does that look like to you? Because that's what the author is saying right here. Speak well of who God is. Look at, look at this next scripture. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5. How many it's okay to read the Bible in church? Rejoice, watch. Rejoice in the Lord. When? Always. Always. When, do you, when do you rejoice in the Lord? Always. Pray when you only have a need. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. For everything, give thanks. For what? Everything. You mean thank God for everything? Thank God for everything? Right? In everything, give thanks. Watch. In. Everybody say in. 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 Come on online, stay with me. In everything, give thanks. Watch, watch. Let me tell you, let me tell you the difference. He doesn't say for everything, give thanks. But he says in everything, give thanks. Because how many know there are things that have happened to all of our lives that have been tragic, hard, difficult? And he's saying, don't give thanks for those things, but learn how to give thanks in those things. Difference. Say, Pastor, what's the difference? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to the book of James if you have a Bible, if you have your app. Let's look at this. Let's go to the book of James. Okay? Let's go to the book of James if you have your Bible, your Bible app. James, the first chapter. I'm going to read to you real quick. This is what he says, the book of James. Ready? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In other words, have a heart of prayer. Have an attitude of prayer. In everything, give thanks. Not for everything, but in everything. Right? Because how many know there are some things in your life that you're not thankful for? How many of those some people in your life you're not always thankful for? No, don't elbow the person next to you, the other people. James chapter 1. 
James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, watch, count it all joy when you face or you live or you are in various trials in your life. Wait, what? Count it all what? Count it all joy when you face trials. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's so contrary to my faith. So you want me to be joyful because I'm in a hard situation? You want me to be joyful when I'm in a bad situation? That's what he's saying to you. Count it all joy. Have you ever had a situation in your life, Pastor, where you've been in a dark place and and you're supposed to count it all joy? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But the only way that that this verse makes sense to you is if you understand the next verse. Because if you don't understand the next verse, then this verse makes no sense to you. If you don't understand what he's talking about in everything give thanks, then it doesn't make sense to you that how do I give thanks if I don't understand what he's saying? How do I give thanks when it's hard? How do I give thanks when it's difficult? I don't have to give thanks for what is happening, but I have to learn how to give thanks in what is happening. Right? Because here's what he says in verse 3. This time together, verse 2 says, Count it all joy when you face various trials. Watch. Knowing. Knowing. That one word in verse 3 is what ties everything together. Because this is what he says. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So what is he saying? Don't give thanks for everything, but give thanks in everything because you have to know that what you are facing somehow, some way, over time is going to work out for your well-being. So I don't give thanks for what I'm facing, but I'm saying to myself, God, I'm in a difficult situation and it's very hard and I can't see the other side. I can't see around the corner of my life, but I'm going to thank you, God, because I know that you will bring me out some way, somehow on the other side of all these things. Listen, Romans says, all things work together for the good to those that love God who are, who, and who are called according to his purpose. Listen to me. Listen to me. For we know that all things work together for the good. Listen. Now I'm going to be very honest with you. Okay? And this is a tough, tough thing to say. But when we say that all things work together for the good, we, we like, to, as believers, we like to say everything that has happened for our life somehow will work out for our good. I get that. And I, I want to believe that as well. But can I tell you what he's really referring to? What he's really, really referring to is not the circumstances we've had to go through, but really what he is referring to is the things that God has done in you through his cross. The things that God has done in you through his life in you. If you take the life-giving force of who Jesus is inside of your heart, He says, every work that God has given you, everything that he's done inside your heart, every work of grace, every work of strength, every work of his cross will work out for your good when you're in difficult situations. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Does that make sense to you? Okay? So you take things that are hard in your life, now, can we just have honest conversation? 
Okay? Let's talk about, um, I thought about my, my nephew, Stephen. How many years will it be since he's passed away? It'll be three years this coming March, right? It'll be four years this coming March. Okay? It'll be four years this coming March. Okay. He was, you know, and you know, he was involved in a mortar, and his life was taken early. Okay? So I think about that for, for my sister-in-law, for my family. Like, how does that work out for her good? How does her losing her son work out for her good? How does a parent losing their child work out for their better? Can we be real with each other? Okay? I know God can do what only God can do. But let's be real with each other. When that happens to you, part of you stays with that child. A part of you stays with that child. What he is saying to us is all that working of who Jesus is in you and that difficult moment will work for your good to get you through those moments and dark times of your life. And God knows. He knows. He sympathizes. He understands. A part of you may be still at that moment. But if you let God work his graces in you and let him work his strength in you and his comfort in you, and his peace in you over time. All things that he's done for you will work out to give you the ability to walk through it, knowing that God is working for you. Is that a better context for you? Is that good context for you? Okay? You have to let God's graces that he's done for you and in you work you through, work in you to help you go through, work in you. Come on, watch your pastor. To work in you to help you go through it, to have the, the, the graces, the peace, the comfort, the mercy that he gives every day that is renewed daily to you, work inside of you to help you go through it. Good speaking, pastor. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Knowing, count it all joy. Am I happy about it? No. But I'm gonna let God's grace work in me to help me get through it. I'm going to let his peace, I'm going to learn. That's a learned behavior. It's a learned behavior. I'm going to learn how God to give me peace in my heart when I feel the vacancy of something or somebody. I'm going to learn how to let God comfort me in the dark moments of my life. And in those moments, you can they say by the grace of God that I don't know how all this works but somehow thank you for bringing me comfort and peace in a hard moment of my life amen are you with me okay some quick observations about gratitude let's run through this very quickly some quick observations about gratitude number one gratitude is never invisible and neither is it silent Gratitude is never invisible, and neither is it silent. The book of Luke says this, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen, everybody look at your pastor. Everybody look at your pastor. You can't, your, what comes out of your mouth, what comes out of your mouth is a direct reflection what is in your heart. 
It's what he's saying to you. Okay? What is what comes out of your mouth. And can I just in, online just just stay with me just for a moment. Listen to me. One thing that I've noticed, okay, which has become very vogue in our culture, right? It's very vogue in our culture is the F bomb. It's, it, it, it is, it's like saying the word dog. It, am I the only one that has noticed that, that that word has risen higher in our culture? It's like every other word is like the F-bomb, saved and unsaved. Oh, you think I'm kidding you. I'm talking saved and unsaved. So let me just say this to you. Let me say this to you. That when you allow your heart to be the frustration of words like that don't have to come out of your mouth. Because those are words of frustration. Some of you like, Pastor, I just said that on the way to church. Well, fine. Whatever. That's your gig. Whatever your vibe is. But what I'm saying to you, what I'm saying to you is if you allow God to change what is in you, then when something gets pressed on, it's not always going to be F. It's not always going to see, see how quiet I got in this building? See how quiet I got in this building? It's not always going to be, it's not always going to be a finger. I'm using this one. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Now, I'm going to say that to you because, listen, out of the abundance of your heart, and I know you're going to say some certain things to certain people, and you're going to say to them, I didn't mean to say it. Out of the abundance of their heart, your mouth speaks. If you don't want to say things you don't mean, then ask God to change your heart so you won't say the things you don't really mean. Yes, you came on the right Sunday. <laughs> Watch, you ready? I'm just trying to help you. So gratitude is never invisible and it's never silent. So one of the things I want you to get in the habit of, habit of doing is thanking God every day of your life. Thanking God for every day of your life. First of all, watch. When you enter into a moment of prayer, I challenge you personally not to ask God for anything until you thank Him for something. I challenge you not to ask God for anything until you thank Him for something He's done in your life. Don't ask Him for a husband. Don't ask him for a wife. Don't ask him for a J-O-B. Don't ask him for an M-A-N. Don't ask him for whatever. I want you just to say, God, I thank you for my season of singleness because that prepared me to receive a man in my life or a woman in my life. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for healing my body because now I can get up and go to work and do what I need to do. Thank God. Thank, how many know it's good to thank God? Because listen, if you don't express it, if you don't express it, right, it communicates ingratitude. If you don't express gratitude, if you don't express gratitude, it communicates ingratitude. Right. Okay? Every time I go to lunch with my staff, Right? And we go out. Whoever buys, sometimes it's them, sometimes it's this person, and sometimes it's me. But whoever it is, I always wait for thank you. Because it shows gratitude. If I somebody buys for me, I'm thankful. Because if you don't express it, it communicates ingratitude. 
If you don't express it, it communicates ingratitude. And if you want your life to change, if you want your marriage to change, if you really, really, really want your marriage to change, listen to me, then express gratitude for the spouse, for your spouse. Express gratitude. See, Pastor, why? 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 You ready? In order for me, in order for me to have a relationship with you, okay? In order for people to have a relationship together, in order for me to have a relationship with my wife, I have to connect with what is good with her instead of what is not good. Does that make sense? Because whenever God has a relationship with you, he always connects with what is right in your life, not what is wrong in your life. And that when he connects with what is right, that builds the bridge and strengthens the bridge of relationship. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? If you want to be happy in a relationship, connect with what is right in the relationship, not with what is wrong in the relationship. Because if you will connect with what is right, then God can build on the right. He can't build on the wrong. Are you all hearing what I'm saying to you? So gratitude is never invisible. It's never, in sil- it's never silent. That's why it is important that when we come to church, you might hear some people being a little, a little louder than you're used to when we're singing during church. Right? That's okay. That's okay. You know why they're so happy? Because they know what they've come through. They know what they've had to overcome to be able to stand in this building so they might be a little bit louder than, you, than, you're, than you're liking. I, it's okay. It's okay. They, they had, they haven't, you haven't traveled their road. Right? You haven't traveled their road. I get nervous when you're more excited about, you know, uh, Brooks and Dunn than you are about Jesus. I don't even know who Brooks and Dunn is, but I just know they're out there somewhere. I just know they sing a song somewhere. Right? Okay? I don't think you should be like having your big lighter out in Brooks and Dunn like, oh my God, I love Right? And then when you come to church, you're like, who's Jesus? Right? I think you should have your big, your big lighter out here in church, right? And be like, we worship you, right? Do they even use those anymore? They use phones now? Uh, whatever. Shows you how long I've been at a concert. Reminds me of the time I went to the Al Green concert. You know Al Green? Love and happiness. Love. Don't make me go there, because I will. I will go there if I have to. Okay, you know Al Green. He's a reverend, right? He's also a reverend. So Pastor Dean and I, because I love me some Al Green, we went to an Al Green concert downtown one night, and people were just getting snockered, right? So when he was singing Love and Happiness, they were getting their groove on, Love and Happiness, everybody was dancing in the aisles. And then he'd break out in Amazing Grace, and the same people, they'd be holding their, their, like their six beers in one hand, and they'd be like, oh, Jesus, thank you for Amazing Grace. <laughs> I'm a sinner saved by your grace. <laughs> I was like, Whatever. Uh, (laughs) too much too much oh you ready for this we got to keep moving you glad you came today so far okay let's go this is a good thanksgiving sermon for you here you go gratitude sustains joy and blessing in your life gratitude sustains joy and blessing in your life that when you are grateful for what god has done for you it keeps what he has done for you alive one of the most powerful things you can do is remember what God has done for you. And if you will take a moment of your time 
before your Thanksgiving, before you carve a turkey, before you cut a yam, before you do mashed potatoes and gravy, before you do anything, I want to encourage you to look back at least over the 12 months of your life and say to yourself, this is what God has done for me over the last 12 months, right? And what does that do? It sustains it in your heart and in your life. It keeps it alive. Why? Because we forget and we go on to the next thing. But if you look at Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, the whole book of Deuteronomy is surrounded by one common theme. It's surrounded, before you get into the place that I really have ordained for you, I want you to stop and thank me for what I've done in your life before I give you the next thing. This is what he says. Remember, he says, remember it is God who has caused you to prosper. Remember it is me who's asked you to thank me for this situation. Remember. So what happens when you remember what God has done for you? This is what it does for you. It sustains joy and blessing in your life. It keeps it alive inside of you. And can I say this to you? Some of us need to remember instead of, keep, instead of forgetting what God has done for you. I want to say to you, if you will learn how to remember, what has God done for you lately in your life that you have forgotten about? What has God done? Remember that one season? Remember that one season? When you're acting half crazy up out of your mind and you weren't sure how your marriage is going to work out, you didn't have a job or you're wor worried about this, Re remember that season? Remember, you may not be in it today, but remember back in the day? Remember where God brought you from? Remember your childhood? Remember your teenage years? Remember this party life where God brought you from? Remember those days because that keeps God's blessing and strength and joy alive in your heart. I challenge you to remember. Remember. Remember what God has done. Remember. Remember what he's done for you. Think about it. And some of you might be sitting here today like, hey, God ain't done nothing for me. He's, I got here on my own ability. No, 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 sweetheart. Listen to me. Listen to me. The air you're breathing right now is God's air. You didn't make it. He owns it. The strength in your body is his strength. That car you're driving, you may put gas in it and it might be held together with bumper stickers, but it is still God's car. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, no, Pastor. No, 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 no. Slow your roll there, Pastor. No, 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 no. See, I'm working for that car and I'm making the payments every month and I'm paying the insurance. I'm putting gas in it. Yes. And guess who gives your rusty old knees the ability to get up and go to work every single day and put gas in that car? God. Gratitude begins, here's number three, real quick, we're almost done. Gratitude begins where your sense of entitlement ends. Gratitude begins where your sense of entitlement ends. When you feel entitled to God's blessings, you've lost your perspective. And let me explain what I mean by that. When you feel that God owes you something or you feel like you deserve Right? When you feel like you deserve without any gratitude, guess what? Your perspective is off. And let me tell you the perspective that needs to change in that area. It simply means that you've thought that you are the one that has brought you to this point in your life, when in fact it is only by God's grace you have arrived at this point in your life. Here's the other one. Last one. Last one. Gratitude begins, or gratitude, grateful people can find blessing 
enlarge blessing and create blessing in any scenario of their life. Grateful people. Grateful people can find blessing. Can find blessing. I think about some of the situations in my life, and I know that when you when you go through certain situations, you can't see the good in some things. And it's difficult to see God's hand upon things. But I think about my own life. I was talking to some friends of mine, and the conversation was surrounded about the things that happened to a person's life. And here, the conversation was, what about the things that happened to my life? What about the things that happened to me? things that happened to me why does God allow that to happen why does God allow that to happen how how, how come that hits my life so my answer was, was this I said God is not up in heaven maneuvering every piece of your life he's not like this 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 and this he's not he lets mankind live he lets the world breathe and his grace is covering and overshadowing. But he lets you make decisions based upon how you live your life and what you choose to do in your life. But listen, here's the key. But what we have a tendency to do is look at all the things that have hit our life and got to our life, but we never take a moment to look at the things that God stopped that we're completely unaware of that could have happened but didn't happen. How many in this room can say, that you can look at times in your life where you shouldn't, that something bad could have, should have, and would have happened, but didn't happen in your life. That didn't get through. And those are the things you're aware of. What about the things that you're not aware of that God has prevented on your behalf? So don't look at what has happened. Look at what has not happened and how God has protected you. And in that, thank God for the blessing in, his, in your life and his protection over your life. Don't look at what has happened. Look at what has not happened. Look at what has not happened. I can think of so many things in my life when I was growing up that I can't talk about because my mother's in the room. And if I talk about it right now, she'll pull my ear. So I think about the things that I could have done, but I didn't do the things that I, sh- that I did do that I'm sitting here and I'm like, I, it's only by the grace of God I'm in this room. In that you find blessing and you find gratitude, you find thanksgiving, you find God, you find worship in your heart. You're like, God, I thank you for peace in my heart. I thank you for, for preserving me, God, in my crazy years. I thank you, God, because this could have happened and it didn't happen. I thank you, God, because I could have been in that relationship, but you didn't let me be in that relationship because I know if you ever was in that relationship, it would have broke my heart and you broke the relationship up somehow. And I thank you that you rescued me from this situation. There's things that God has brought you and delivered you from that you're not even aware of those things be thankful for those things be thankful for now here's what I want you to do two things this week two things before you even eat a piece of turkey on Thursday I want you to do this for the next four days Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday just to set your heart right I want you to write down, okay, every day, one thing that you're thankful for that God is to you. 
Notice what I did not say. I did not say, I did not say to write down what he's given to you. I did not say to write down with what you have. I said thank him every day, one day, for something that he is to you. God, you are fill in the blank. God, you have given me peace. God, you have allowed me to be strong. God, I adore who you are. Number two, number two, for the next four days, I want you to send a, a, a gratitude text to somebody new for the next four days. People that you don't always talk to or somebody that you may talk to, but you're thankful for who they are in your life. People who have helped you. I, 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 listen, I, I, was, I always want to be a returner. A returner is a person who's advancing in their life and they turn around and look and thank the people who've helped them get them to where they are today. I always want to be a returner. I always want to look behind my life and thank the people who helped me get to where I am today in my life. So I want you to send a text of gratitude to people this week who helped you in your life spiritually financially counsel that have been there for you in your hardest moments where you say to yourself I'm going to express my gratitude A to who God is it to me in my life and number two to the people who've helped me get to where I am in my life today what does that do? What does that do for you? It takes the eyes off of you. It puts them right back on God. Listen, because your salvation, your salvation is not just horizontal. It is circular. It is vertical. It goes this way and it goes this way. Your faith is complete when, when you thank God and you know who God is and it touches the world that you live in every single day. Your faith is just not horizontal. Thank God. And thank the people who've helped you. Thank God for who he is. And thank the people who prayed for you and didn't even know it. Thank God. People I want to send text to. My mother. For praying for me. When I didn't pray for myself. For standing with me. When I couldn't stand for myself. For believing God that I would one day be doing what I'm doing today when I'm in the exact opposite direction. People like that. People like that. People, a friend of mine that would sit down with me and talk business to me and say, Chris, this is how you grow mentally. Because how many know, I've told you many times, we are from a less than fortunate upbringing. But you know, you know what I've learned? Poverty is not an economic condition. Poverty is a mindset. It has nothing to do with economics. It has nothing to do with economics. It's how a person thinks about their life. It's a mentality. 
So I remember sitting down with people who've done more, gone further than I have, sitting down and saying, listen, if you ever want to break free in your finances, it requires extreme discipline. You have to do without what other people want to buy right now. They say to me, quit borrowing from your future. Quit borrowing from your future finances to pay for what you really don't need in your present. Because though you're sowing seeds of poverty. Because when you don't have, you buy everything on credit. Buy everything on credit. I'm not against it. I'm just saying if you're there, ask God to help you not to do it. Exercise discipline to save it. And if you got the cash, buy it. Is that right? Pastor Didi drives a car we've had for easily 10 years. It's worth probably $5,000. It needs about $4,000 of work. I'm not kidding you. So I said, look, we, I'm like, look, we're out of touch with the car world. Okay? I said, we're going down and we're going to get ourselves a new car we need something dependable we went down to the car shop I walked out of there and said we ain't getting a new car <laughs> I said the devil is a lie that's a trap I said that's a trap I said we're going to save we discipline until we can do right by it she's like fine no problem we ain't got to keep up with anybody we ain't got to keep up with anybody be free in your life and thank the people that have helped you learn the lessons that helped you be free in your life here today. Thank God for the God you serve and who he is in your life. Thank you. We love you, Father. Let's pray.